from the New York City area, welcome to the Badass Counseling Show, where the master badass himself, Sven Erlinson, takes you deep and gives balm for the soul, baby. That's right, baby. Balm for the soul. Though I had somebody reach out this week and say, oh, I love the English woman at the beginning and saying, bomb for the soul. Um, bomb's good too. Um, I think it was written as balm. What do, you, what do you recall on the taping of that, Rob? I don't know. Sounds the same to me. <laughs> it must be the accent. Um, I'm Sven Erlinson. Thanks for showing up to the show, the Badass Counseling Show. We've got a w really exciting show in store today on breakups. I am in studio with my master logistics sound guy, Rob. Rob, how are you this evening? Always good with you, Sven. Always good. Good man. Great to have you here. I always feel much more relaxed knowing everything's taken care of. And Casey is actually not in the booth tonight. Casey is actually, or today, excuse me, Casey is actually not in the booth today. Casey is right here sitting next to me. You got a hello for us. Do you actually speak, Casey? Oh, yes, I do. How are you, Sven? I'm great when you're here, Casey. You're, you're always sort of goading me, uh, making sure I don't say bad things. And yet those bad things still come out of my mouth. How is that, Casey? I don't know. It's good to be here, though. All right, all right. So we've got a guest today. We're working on breakups, and we've all been there. We have all been in relationships, even friendships, where we're considering, gosh, should I walk away? Am I sick of this? Is this relationship toast? Or where we're in the middle of it and it's killing us or where it's done and it's just eating us up inside. And uh, we've got a great guest today and looking forward to diving into it. Uh, Rob, go ahead and tell us about this guest, if you would. Happy to, Sven. I'm considering a breakup at the moment, she says. I've been seeing this guy since the beginning of 2020. I cheated on him with two different people. He found out. And the following year, we got back together, but he cheated on me. Also, I found out about two, but he'll never confess if there were more. He kept in touch with the one woman up until this year, and when we broke up, he wanted to try to give her the chance at a relationship, but we got back together, and I don't know why. I don't think I really love him anymore. I think it's fear of being lonely or not finding anyone else. I feel like I'm stuck and have a hard time leaving. At times, I feel resentment toward him or angry, and he never thinks about my feelings. It's always about him. I know I need counseling. I'm just depressed with the whole situation. Anna, great to have you with us today. How are you? Good. Great. Thank you for having me. You bet. And sharing my story. You bet. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Let me ask you, Anna, um, you said, you know, you need counseling. You're depressed about the whole thing and you feel stuck. What, if you were to really pinpoint it, do you really feel most stuck about? I don't want to be alone, like by myself again. You know, I don't, I don't want to be, I was, you know, I got divorced back in 2010 and I didn't really have a really another relationship till 2018 and that relationship didn't work out and I jumped right into another relationship in 2020 which I I know I shouldn't I should have done the work I should have just done you know concentrated on me and and not jumped into another relationship that fast I just it's the fear of I'm so used to talking to him, you know, on a daily basis. 
it's like not having someone there to, you know, to to tell them how your day was or, you know, what what you did or didn't do, you know. It, and, I, and, and so it sounds like where you're stuck is that you like having someone to talk to every day, someone who's there, someone to sort of share the days with uh, and the weeks and the months. And yet you've got that person there and you have that. But as you say uh, in, in the write-up that Rob uh, wrote, read for us, that he never takes your feelings into consideration. So it's sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, that parts of it really suck being in, in it. But the thought of not having that person every day really is sad and scary. Is that somewhat in the ballpark? It is. And also, I think it's me, like if we were to break up, him being with somebody else, that's not me. You know, like that woman that, we broke up last year in March for like a month and he, he automatically goes and, and meets somebody else, you know, and, and has, as in, is intimate with this other person. I, I didn't understand why he did that. I didn't, I, I thought he, he said he loved me, you know, and, and he still says he does, but his actions don't really his actions say otherwise, you know, why, right. why is he trying to reach out? You know, we broke up in August. We've been having issues on and off, but we, we broke up in August and he's tr reaching out to her. But my mistake was reaching out to her also. I want to ask you about that, but I want to look at the first thing you said first. And that is that, gosh, if he said he loves me, then how the hell could he go on to someone new so quickly? Isn't that sort of what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and wouldn't it be reasonable? Well, oh, go ahead. No, I'm saying like, and then he comes back to me and, and says, I was really thinking about you. I really miss you. I want, I want things to work out between us. But, and then he said he was, he, he cut it off with her. Like he stopped talking to her and blocking her. But then I find out that he didn't stop talking to her. And he was with her again in May of, you know, a couple months later. It, having, you know, sexual relations with her. At that point, I should have just left. I don't, I don't know why I even stayed. Well, let me ask, what's the reason you stayed? Is it the same reason as now that you, you loathe the idea? You can't bear the thought of being alone? Yeah, that's the reason why. Okay, and that's fair. You know what? And has it occurred to you that that's precisely what is operating inside of him? You asked the question, well, how the hell can he say that he loves me? And then two seconds later, he's in bed with somebody else and he's carousing with somebody else. How the hell can it be? And my first response is, as you've probably heard me say before on the podcast and in my book or um, in my videos, and that is, if you're ever trying to understand why someone's doing something that doesn't make sense, always ask yourself the question, what's the primary fear driving the behavior? Speculate a bunch of answers and then go with the biggest, hairiest, scariest one. And so in this case, why would he jump right from your bed into someone else's bed? Because he's scared, scared of being alone, scared of being alone with his thoughts, scared of not having someone giving him attention. Because in all likelihood, if he doesn't have someone giving him attention or someone who wants to be with him, he, the, all those voices, all those messages that he got when he was growing up, just like you got them too, all those messages come roaring back right up into his head saying, see, you suck. See, you're no good. See, you're a loser. See, you're unlovable. See, nobody wants you. And so in order to keep all those voices inside at bay, 
He has to jump right into a new relationship with another person. I, I would almost guarantee that that's exactly what the hell was going on. And that's, you know, everybody approaches those fe- those voices inside, those fears inside. Everybody approaches those differently. Um, some people just stay in a relationship so they never have to confront those voices. And that's what you're talking about. And some people say, well, you know, to hell with it. If you don't want me, then I'm just going to jump right on to the next one. But then you raise another point. And the next point you raise, well, then what the hell? He came back to me and he said he was done with that woman. And turns out they had been still seeing each other even when he's trying to get me back. Did I hear you correctly on that, Anna? Yes. Right. And and so, and oh, go ahead, please. I have, I already have three children and he wanted, he wanted more children. And, and we agreed that I would have surgery to have more children. And the day before I had the surgery last year, I found, I mean, I shouldn't have gone through his phone, but I did because I had like something, something telling me just curiosity to see what, what was in his phone. And I, I know I shouldn't have done that, but... And what did you find? His Instagram, he, he, he was messaging women on his Instagram, asking them if they were single or, you know, his, his Instagram's private. I can't see any of his friends. His Facebook is private. I can't see any of his friends. I would always ask him about it. He said, oh, it's school friends from middle school, high school, co-workers... But I always found women that, you know, that I found a woman that, that that had gone out on a date with him last year. And I found another woman that he asked on a date and I asked him about it. And he was like, oh, no, they wanted me or, you know, it's always about the women wanting him, not the other way around. And he went on these dates when the two of you were in a relationship. Is that correct? Yes. Right. Okay. And he was on dating apps. And yeah. Okay. And listen, I'm just going to give it to you straight, Anna. The guy's fucking using you. He's using you up. He's using you down. He's fucking lying out his ass. And uh, consider yourself lucky. I, I'm going to assume that you didn't have any kids with him or are not pregnant. And I'm going to say, consider yourself lucky you didn't, because this is not a dependable person. Yeah, I think it it didn't happen for a reason. Well, yeah, and and yeah, the, your lucky stars were shining down on you. Um, but he's just com- flat out taking advantage of you. And the truth is, um, you know, it's a hard situation. It doesn't change the fact, though. You sort of already sensed that, but it doesn't change the fact that, shit, I still feel stuck because what are my options? It means, well, what am I going to do? Leave and then be alone again? Because I think you said you were alone for about eight years. Is that right? Yeah, it was It was like eight years, yeah. I, w- I would go on dates, but it sure. wasn't anything serious. You know, I, you know, after you get a divorce, you don't, you don't really think about dating right away. You want to just take time for yourself. But eventually you want to go out there and see if maybe you're compatible with someone and maybe have a future or get married again or something. But, you know, when he mentioned all these things, oh, I want to, you know, I want to get married. I mean, the red flag, I don't know. He told me like two weeks into us going on a date that he loved me. I don't, you know, I don't, I can't say what he, 
he feels, but it, it seems to me that he says that to everybody he meets. Well, and, and here's the thing, this, that this actually raises a great point, Anna. And that, that is that there are people that say, I love you because it's how they feel. Mm-hmm. And it's what they feel in that moment. And so those are the words that they find for it. And then there are people who say, I love you. And it means more than just, this is how I'm feeling right now today. And this is sort of what you were saying a minute ago. You said, you know, he would tell me, he told me to love me, but then he's in bed with somebody else. So for him, I love you is largely about how he's feeling in that moment. It doesn't necessarily carry the weight that it does for you, or so it would seem. And which actually brings me to my next question, Anna. Uh, You sort of, in your uh, write-up that you sent to us, you said you're considering a breakup. You've been seeing this guy since the beginning of 2020. I cheated on him with two different people. And I'm curious, in what year did you cheat on him with two different people? Was that in 2020? Yeah, the problem was in 2019, toward the end, I was was seeing somebody else, but you know, he wanted kids and I told him I, I didn't want to have more kids. And then, you know, we decided to break it off because I told him you, you should be with somebody that that can give you a kid, you know. So we just stayed friends, but we kept, I guess we didn't break, we didn't break the communication off. And I kept talking to him. He didn't know about the new guy. And then, so he he never really knew that I was dating somebody else. So I never, and I never told them. So, you know, we did have, we would hang out sometimes when um, the other guy was working because we worked, you know, at the same place, but different shifts. So, you know, I, I was with my ex-boyfriend for, you know, a couple of times. And then I met a coworker that, that worked with him and I went out with him and, you know, I, I had a I had sex with him a couple times and and then he found out later on in the year. And so you had um in the period then, just so I've got the timeline sort of straight in my head, I can be a little thick in the head. Um, so you started dating uh, at the beginning of the year in twenty twenty with your present guy. And then um how long was it before you guys sorted it was sort of understood that the two of you were exclusive. Was that sort of right away? Was it six months in? How how far in was it? Were you both sort of said it, you know, more sort of exclusive? Um, no, it was it was uh, right away. Right away. Okay, fair you enough. You know, it, yeah. All right. And then how long was it before you slept with uh, guy number one, the guy who had been the former boyfriend? Um, in the summer. Okay, so... That year. Like five months later, something like that. Yeah. Um... And you slept with him a couple of times, you said. Is that right? Yeah, a couple of times. A couple of times. And you had been, but you had been in contact with him uh, really since the beginning of the of your relationship with your present guy. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, okay. And I then, never stopped talking to him. Gotcha. That, so that's guy number one. And then guy number two, um, you sort of struck it up with this guy. How far into the relationship with your present guy? Uh, with that second guy, um, He's, it was toward like September. September. Okay. Of 2020. Yeah. Fair enough. And uh, how many times, uh, how long were you, were you guys in conversation and how many times did you sleep together? We were in conversation probably like three months, but like before Christmas. And then we were intimate like a couple times. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to ask the obvious question. Why? 
Why'd you sleep with these guys? Why'd you have these uh, relationships with these guys? Just And I'm not attacking you. I'm just curious what the reason was. I, I started seeing, like, with the current guy that I'm in, I he would he treated me nice in the beginning, but then I saw something, like, the way he treated me sometimes, like, cussing at me or just, like, he wasn't... He, he, he wasn't the type of guy that I thought that he was going to be. And I was, you know, we were, we were fighting and I wasn't really like that content with him. I was like mad at, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was just, you were mad at him. I just, I didn't like the treatment that he gave. I didn't like the way he treated me. Like why, why do you have to cuss at me or why do you have to yell at me for, you know, for, for dumb things, you know, little stupid things. And I, I kind of like, and, and I like the way my ex treated me, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was, he would always say, oh, how, how great of a person I was, or that I was a beautiful person. And, mm-hmm. and I got the total opposite from this, the current guy, you know, both those guys gave me, like lifted me up, right? you know, and this current guy was like, oh, you're, you know, and he, he makes me feel like I'm crazy for like questioning him on things or and and I hear everything that you're saying there and so I I guess the question that I'm wondering is but why did you cheat so why not just break it up with your current guy uh, back then I mean he's he's treating you poorly you don't like how you're being treated the fighting the you know you weren't uh, content with him he's cussing at you all these things making you feel bad and these other the your old boyfriend was making you feel great so why not break up and go to him I didn't see like a future with the the ex-boyfriend okay i didn't you know i didn't see you know he wanted kids but wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute yeah and and he wants kids too and you were even going to go ahead and have the surgery and it sounds like you did have the surgery but you said i didn't want to have a relationship with my ex-boyfriend but that implies you did want to have a relationship with the current guy is that right yeah i did i just i don't know why would you want to relate? Help me understand. Why would you want a relationship with someone who treats you bad, fights uh, that you weren't content with, and who cusses at you? Why did you want? What was so great about your current guy that you would want a relationship with him, even though he treated you that way? Yet your former guy treated you like a princess. It sounds like, but you didn't want him. You can understand how that's a little confusing for me, right? It is. I thought he would. He would change. Ah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm and be better and what made you what made you think he would change maybe just giving him time you know i don't i thought that was maybe like a temp you know temper tantrum or something or something that he didn't do you know did it happen just once or did it happen rather often that he treated you poorly and the fighting and and uh and cussing and so forth was that one time or was it multiple times no, it was multiple times. Fair enough. But Fair I, enough. again, like, I don't know. Like you said, I I wasn't, the pre the ex-boyfriend wanted the kid, but then this one gave me options. Like, I said, I can't have kids. But he was like, oh, we can adopt or we can, you can have a surgery. The ex-boyfriend didn't give me those options. So I was like, you, you should probably move on and find somebody that can. Anna, and I'm going to interrupt you right there. We are, uh, I want to ask you more questions, um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more badass counseling right after this. It took me to the place that scared me the most. 
the crap I've been running from my whole life, the stuff that's been dragging me down. And it literally began the healing. I feel lighter, clearer, and just happier. Finally, some freaking peace. You got to get this book. There's a hole in my love cup. Or the do-it-yourself video courses. All at badasscounseling.com. It's totally killer stuff. This show provides soul counseling intended to entertain and inform and is not medical advice. Back with more to kick your ass. Here's Sven. We are back with Anna, who is struggling with, should I stay or should I go? Struggling with whether or not to break up. She's been in a relationship since 2020, and she cheated on him a couple of times. He has cheated on her at least a couple of times that we know of. And uh, we're not real convinced that he is uh, committed to her yet. She's terrified to leave. And we're going to get into that part in just a minute. But I want to ask Anna, I want to pick up where we left off. So you uh, broke it off with guy number one. Um, and so why, and you told us the reason you cheated with that is you were being treated, mistreated by your present boyfriend. Why did you jump into bed with guy number two and start the, you know, the affair and then eventually uh, sleeping with him? Why guy number two as well? I wasn't really expecting anything to happen with him. He just, you know, I shouldn't have even like accepted his invitation to go out. But you did. Why? Why did you? I felt like he treated me, he treated me better than than my current boyfriend did and I just I understand you want to feel good and it feels great let me ask you this why did you break it off with guy number two he told me that he was he was separated from his wife and I found out that he wasn't oh that he was he was never separated from from his wife so you were each cheating on the person you were in a relationship with yes gotcha gotcha but you felt disappointed when you heard that you thought you were his sort of, his only one. Gotcha. Yeah, I did. And and I didn't catch, why did you break it off with guy number one? Or did he break it off with you? Sorry. No, I broke it off with him because, um, well, in the beginning of that relationship, he told me, I told him that I couldn't have kids. And he told me that he didn't want any kids. But then, you know, further on, further on in the relationship, he told me that he was really wanting a, a child and I didn't want to be selfish and, and tell him, you know, and be with somebody that can't give him a kid. Mm -hmm. But then that makes no sense because then I, I end up with somebody that, that wants to have kids and I have the surgery for him. And, and so let me ask you, what's the reason what does it boil down to? I want you to give it to me in one sentence or less, Anna. What's the reason you, there's no way in hell you are will, willing to have the surgery for guy number one, but then you decide, okay, I will have the surgery for your current boyfriend. What really does it boil down to, if you were to be totally honest? My the ex-boyfriend, I don't feel like his, feel, his feelings were there for me. He wasn't, he wasn't committed. I see. Um, I wanted a commitment. With no disrespect, I am giggling a little bit about that because you're talking about a guy who cheated on you a couple of times and you refer to him as committed to you. And you found stuff in his Instagram account and dates. Or, or was this before all of that? No, no, that was that was before. 
No, that was before all everything I found out. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you have evidence of, of your current guy cheating on you before you cheated on him? In other words, who cheated first, to the best of your knowledge? Uh, I did. I see. But, you know, I never knew, I never, you know, I don't know if he was talking to anybody before or while he was with me that sure. first year. Understood. No way of knowing, no way of knowing absolutely, but based on the evidence that we have... Mm -hmm. you cheated first and in fact cheated twice um and when did he find out that you had cheated uh toward the end of 2020 okay so you were in okay so you were into the second guy had you already slept with the second guy when he found out about first guy and second guy yeah okay he, yeah here he worked with them actually on the same the same the same shift that's right you mentioned they were co-workers yeah um let me let me ask a weird uh question and that is um well two things one is it possible that he your current guy was totally into you and didn't cheat until he found out that you cheated yes and and also his mother passed away in the beginning of 2020 so that was really hard on him. He, he fell into a really deep depression and, you know, I try to be there for him. But then, you know, the cheating that he did, he blames me. He says I, he, that I caused them to cheat on me because I still kept, you know, I was trying to reach out to a coworker or my ex, you know, my ex-boyfriend and he felt like he felt disrespected and that I didn't love him. Well, I mean, if you cheat on somebody twice, I mean, if, if you cheated on me twice, Anna, yes, I, I would think that you don't respect me. And I would think that you definitely don't love me. If, you know, if I'm married to someone or in a relationship with someone and then I cheat on them, you know, or, you know, let's say they cheat on me. Yeah, I would feel disrespected. I would feel like you don't fucking love me. You're cheating with other people. Um, just I, I, I and, and I'm not saying that to scold, but it's just sort of a natural response. Um, and I'm not in no way justifying anybody's cheatings. Um, you, you know, my videos and my um, podcast well enough to know that I am a big fan of not cheating and just ending a relationship. If you want to go uh, horse around with somebody else, I'm curious, why did you choose to jeopardize the relationship? You knew that there was a chance you'd get caught. You knew that what you were doing was wrong when you cheated. Why did you do it? Knowing that it could jeopardize the relationship. And I never, I never thought that he would ever find out, but you know, people still talk, you know, especially if you work in the workplace, but is I didn't love him. You didn't love him, right? I, and I don't. I don't. I feel like if I loved him, I wouldn't have done exactly. Any of that. Nailed it. That's exactly yeah. right. And so you saying uh, in your write up to us, you saying, you know, gee, not really sure if I love him. I don't think I really love him anymore. Yeah. I, I yeah, exactly. And I, so let me ask you I this: when never did love him? Well, and that was going to be my question. When did you know? What is the very? If you were to really go back and think about it. When do you think you knew that you didn't love him? Was it like when you first started dating? Was it a weekend? Was it a month in? When did you know that you didn't really love him? If you were to be totally honest, Anna. Uh, I think it was in the beginning when I first started dating him. I think he scared me when he first told me that he loved me. And it, 
I felt like pressured, not pressured, but I felt like, oh, if I don't say I love you back, what, is he going to think something, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I just automatically said it without really. Without what, feeling it? Yeah. Okay. And let me ask you this, if he had never said that or not said it so soon, if it had been like at two months or three months, would you have been more likely, is there a possibility that you might have, uh, is it, is there a possibility that you might have actually grown to love the guy or is what freaked you out the simple fact that he said it? I think it's the fact that he said it so quickly. Maybe if he wouldn't have waited, maybe if he would have waited some time and and what is it about someone saying it so quickly that freaks you out? Is it that you think they don't really mean it? Is it that you think they're saying it because they're trying to, you know, get you in bed? Or what is going on inside of you? What do you think when someone says it that early? I think they're just saying it, yeah, to just try to get you in in bed. And let me ask you, did he, did he get you in bed? Yeah, the first time, the first night we went out. So I guess it worked. Oh, the first night he went out. Okay, so he, he didn't need to say he loved you in order to get you into bed. He already had you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do have to say this. I mean, first of all, Anna, I really respect your honesty. Uh, with me, at least. <laughs> you weren't honest with him when you were cheating on him. But I mean, <laughs> at least in your opening up and talking about these things now, I really respect you for that. And that takes a lot of courage. It really does. Um, but I want to... Um, uh, Ask, I want to go in two directions here. The first one is, does it freak you out in general when a man tells you that he loves you? And maybe it doesn't. I'm just curious. Yeah, it does. And why? What goes on inside of you when a man tells you that he loves you? I don't believe it. And why is it you don't believe it, Anna? I don't believe that they, they're being really on, They're being honest. They're just wanting something out of you. Okay, so let me ask you this. Is it that, is the reason you don't believe it and the reason you think they just want something out of you, is it because you just generally don't trust people? Is it that you don't trust men? Or is it because you believe you're basically not really lovable and somebody must be lying if they say that? Yeah, I don't think I'm lovable. And I don't think, yeah, he's told me that I'm emotionally unavailable. Is it true? I sometimes feel, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm not, I can't really like express my feelings, you know, like hug, you know, hug my, my children or hug my parents or tell them I love them. Why is that? It's hard for me. What do you fear happening if you open up, if you hug your kids, if you hug your parents, if you tell your kids you love them, or if you tell your parents you love them, why does that feel so uncomfortable? What's the scariest part about that? I didn't really get it as, as a child. And so how does that affect you now, though? What's the correlation? I'm not sure. I don't know why. If you didn't get love as a child, does that mean... Uh, you don't have any love to give now? Is it that it just makes you really uncomfortable to sort of hug someone or to say to someone, I love you? Is it just so uncomfortable when a man says it or when you say it to your kids that you just can't even touch it? Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't like come, 
it doesn't come easily to me, like trying to express how I feel, like saying like, yeah, saying those words, I love you or you mean so much to me. And and let me ask you, what is the, in one sentence or less, if you were to say, I love you to someone, in one sentence or less, what is the one thing you most fear happening if you do say that? They're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe that because um, I don't believe it myself. Well, I was going to say because you don't believe people when they tell you that. Let me ask you this, though. Is the real, and so if they didn't believe you, so you, let's say you decide to open up and tell someone that you really love them and how you feel about them, and then they don't believe you, well, then what? What do you fear happening if they don't believe you? I, I don't think they, I don't think they would, it, they would care if, you know, if, if I told them that I love them or not. And what is the one response you most fear from them? What do you most, if you open up your heart and you were to express how you really felt for someone, let's say a man, and that you really love them, you said, you know, Tom, I love you. What, and you fear they won't believe you and so forth. What, what do you f most fear them doing or most fear them saying? Prove it. And why do you fear them saying prove it? Because you always have to prove what you feel for somebody. Like if you say you love them. Okay, if that's true, why do, why do, you, fear, why do you fear proving your love? Maybe it's feeling rejected. Ah. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you fear that if you open up and tell someone that you love them, you fear that they will reject you that they won't believe it, that they'll ignore it, that somehow they will reject you, that they won't feel the same way and give it back to you. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And that makes total sense. It makes total sense that you feel that way. It makes total sense. And this, I'll be, I got news for you, Anna. This is every single person who's ever opened up their heart and expressed love for another human being, whether it be a friend or a child or a parent or especially a lover, this is every human being. And, and some of us, you know, feel it much more strongly. And it sounds like you do. And so you keep it inside. You are so terrified of being hurt, which I totally understand. Let me ask you, Anna, were you given love? Were you told that you were loved as a child? And you may have already answered this question, but go ahead and answer it again. Were you given hugs and told that you were loved as a child? Uh, my mom did. Your mom did? No, my mom was very, my mom was always, you know, giving me hugs and telling me, you know, how, how great I was or, but my dad, he, he's, he wasn't. And, uh, was your dad around or was he absent? No, he was around. Okay. So you love, but he, I've never really, I've never really heard him tell me, I love you, you know? And, and so y you loved him but he never expressed his love towards you. So since you were a child, you felt that he didn't love you. And so you kept your love in for fear that he would reject you just like he always did. Is that right? Right. Okay. I'm going to come right back to you, Anna, but let's take a quick break and I'll be right back with more badass counseling. Are you finally ready to turn your life around? Finally get the clarity, happiness, and sense of purpose you've been waiting for your whole life? Then go to BadassCounseling.com now and get the international best-selling book, There's a Hole in My Love Cup. It changed my life. 
It'll change yours. Now, back to the badass. And we are back with Anna. And we are getting down into the real sludge here. And that is the real stuff that keeps her from opening up. And you know what? Relationships are so much easier when we can keep them on the surface. When we can just have the sex because the sex feels good. Or when we can have the nice words and the, you know, you're so beautiful and or you're so handsome and I, you know, you feel great and I enjoy being with you. And when we can have the happy times, relationships are great when they're on the surface. Uh, but when it comes to opening up our hearts and and having and engaging in what I talk about in my book, radical love, radical honesty, where I'm not just pointing out what's wrong with everyone else, but I'm revealing myself, revealing my love, my fears, my aspirations. That's when life gets scary. And we're here with Anna, and she's talking about how she's always been sort of terrified of showing her love and uh, to a man and so forth. But Anna, you talked, you didn't just say, uh, you know, scared of showing it, being emotionally unavailable to a man. Uh, You said even with your own parents and with your own kids, you don't show love. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Why is that? Are you afraid of your own kids rejecting you? Are you afraid of your own mother rejecting you? You said your mother gave you love. Why would you be afraid to hug and tell your mother you love her? What are you afraid of? It doesn't, it, it's just not, you know, how some people are just so like affectionate and, you know, it just, it's hard for me. I just, I don't know why it's so hard for me to just reach out. But if your mother had been loving and affectionate your whole life, then you would be used to giving and receiving love with your mother. Why, um, why would you be afraid to be loving and, and have, um, and say words and have the affection with your mother now if you had been having it your whole life? I, there's there's some other issues there, and, you know, there's a little bit of resentment. Okay, and what do you most resent your mother for, above all else? What do you most resent her for? I, I you know, there there's certain things that I've, I wanted to do growing up, and she kept me very... What is the single biggest thing, what is the single biggest thing you most resent your mother for? Whether it was a one in, one-time incident or an ongoing thing, what do you most resent your mother for? Controlling, controlling, and not being controlling me, not not being able to do what I my dream, like what I what I really wanted to do, and you know, limited limited on on different things, you know, hanging out with friends or different things. And when we control a child, the underlying message that is being sent when we attempt to control another person, particularly a, a child, the underlying message that we are sending them is who you are doesn't matter. You need to be who I want you to be. You need to do what I want you to do. And so by your mother controlling you, she was negating your very existence. She was saying, I don't give a shit what you want to do or who you think you are. You're going to be this person. Of course, you're going to be resentful towards that person. And... Worse, you're going to be afraid to show who you really are because when you were a kid, when you were a child, when you were impressionable, you were taught that who you really are doesn't matter. So you're going to keep the real you inside. You want to know why? Because when you let the real you out as a kid, it got hammered. You got put down or you got criticized or you got told, no, you can't be your real self. So of course you're going to keep that locked up inside. So of course you're going to be terrified to be your real self. And of course you're going to be afraid to be alone. 
Why would you be afraid to be alone? Because all those voices inside of you that say, I don't matter, I'm, I'm no good, and I'm not lovable, as you told us earlier, I don't think I'm lovable, all of those voices rise up inside of you. And so in, because you live in such fear of those voices, you stay in shitty relationships where you're being mistreated by men and where you're cheating. The, the relationships are so fucking miserable that you're cheating in the relationship and you knew you weren't in love in the first week or two. And I'm not scolding you for Anna, for that, Anna. I've been there. We've all been there. We've all made big mistakes in relationships. So I'm not scolding you, okay? But what I am saying is until you have the courage to begin to really look at more of this stuff and where you got these ideas, like I'm not lovable and the real me doesn't matter. And what you need to do, Anna, is you need to begin to ex examine these more and go into these. And if you're not a journaler, you need to be. If you're not in counseling, you know, you can do that too. But, you know, all the stuff that I do, I, I try to help people to be able to do it on their own. But Anna, until we change those beliefs inside of you, until you actually grow to like who you are. Your father basically, he was around, but he didn't give you any love. So he basically rejected you, said, I don't like who you are. That's the underlying message in his rejection of you. And your mom controlling you basically said, the real you doesn't matter. I don't like who you are. So of course you grew up feeling you're lovable. But is it possible, Anna? I have one question for you. Is it possible that by your mother conveying the message of, I don't love who you are and the real you doesn't matter. And your father conveying the message, I don't like who you are. You're not lovable to me. Is it possible that they were wrong? You've been living your entire life as if they were right. As if their assessment of who you were as a fucking six-year-old, you were a six-year-old child. You were a 10-year-old child. Let me ask you, Anna, do you know of any children that come out of the womb that are inherently bad and unlovable? No. No, of course not. That means you coming to whatever age you are now and believing that you're unlovable and no good is bullshit. It's bullshit. That wasn't your native state. You weren't that born that way. That means somebody fucking taught you to hate yourself. Somebody fucking taught you a grand fucking lie that you're no good, that you're unlovable, and it was never true to begin with, Anna. Your parents, they may be wonderful people, I have no fucking idea, but boy, did they fuck up. Boy, did they fuck up. And yeah, you have every right to be fucking resentful. You have every right to be angry at your parents for basically conveying the message that you suck and you're unlovable. And what you need to do, Anna, if I'm really honest with you, is you need to go into this. The very stuff you've been running from. You said, before I got into this relationship in 2020, I should have done the work. And I'm saying right now, you need to get the fuck out of this relationship. This relationship's toast. It's done. It was dead. It was dead before it got started. And if you're cheating on someone in a relationship, you're not in the relationship. And if he's cheating on you, he's not in the relationship. But the relationship isn't the issue. The issue is, is you need to take some time off. And those voices that come, come up and make it hard to be alone, you need to sit with those voices and let them come up. You need to welcome them for the first time in your life and to begin to flush them out more and more. Because that's the shit that's dragging you down from the inside. That's the shit that's keeping you staying in relationships that suck. And you have to understand that your native state, the way that you are born, at your essence, Anna, you are good. Yes. Yes. You are lovable. <laughs> yes. You got damn right. You are sweet. You're, yes, exactly. But you were taught the opposite. 
And it's time to start pulling out all those fucking bullshit messages that you were taught and get back to the essence of who you are. Am I correct? Yeah, you're correct. And I, I can't let, I can't let this guy, you know, tell me that I'm not a good person or that I'm crazy or this or that, you know, I, I can't believe the lies. That's right. No, that's right. Well, and not only that, if you're if you're ever in a relationship, whether it's now or in the future, and someone even starts that, you nip that shit in the bud and you get out. And you want to know why you get out? Because when you get out, if you put up those boundaries and someone transgresses those boundaries, you stand up for them. You want to know why? Because when you stand up for your boundaries, you are fundamentally shouting to the heavens, God damn it, I matter. I matter. And every time you let someone screw you over or screw over your boundaries, you're, you are now saying, I don't matter. You're now the one saying it. And it was never true to begin with. Don't you dare keep selling that message to yourself because you do matter anna anna i gotta tell you you've been a great fucking guest i have so loved having you on the show um and i really want to th thank you for the opportunity no you were wonderful and thank you for opening up and trusting me uh with your story and to all of you listening in i want to thank you and i think we all see uh ourselves in anna's story and i hope each one of you has the courage to open up with your story whether it's in your counseling or in your own journaling, because as you saw with Anna today, we had to go down deep into the shit to find the origins of the bullshit that were keeping her in, in this crappy relationship and keeping her from getting out. You have to go into the shit, people. You have to go into the shit. So on behalf of Rob and KC, on behalf of our great guest, Anna, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Badass Counseling Show. And I hope you have a kick-ass day. The Badass Counseling Show is strictly copyrighted. No copies may be made without the express written consent of The Badass Counseling Show, LLC. The Badass Counseling Show is produced by Karen Camparelli and Robert H. Friedman. Executive producer, Sven Erlinson. Original music by Trevor Morris. Have a kick-ass day.